Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Oh, welcome back for another episode of the CobraCast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Pres Logan. I'm my co-host, Ricky Etdog VP Etridge. Uh, welcome to the show and welcome, Matt Dog. Uh, how are you again, mate? It's been a while since we last spoke. Oh, yeah, mate. It's, it's been quite a while, but yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Just uh, just living the, living the lockdown life, still at home, not back at work just yet. So, so another week of uh, holidays, not really holidays, I guess, but uh, paternity leave. So, yeah. Well, I've got another week. I might take another week of. I sort of look at it. I've got holidays there. I can't bloody use them and go anywhere by the end of the year. So I might as well use them up for this point in time and help Cal out for another week. Yeah, mate, as well, mate. So get to enjoy some more time with uh, little OJ. Yeah, mate. I didn't mention, we mentioned the uh, Monday's episode that Bombers has just won. And so she's finally seen her first Bomber win in her lifetime. And she is going to be so ready to be disappointed for the next 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. 40, yeah, probably, let's be honest here. Uh, yeah, better than going for Carlton. Could be worse. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, mate. So could I be a sad um, supporter. Yeah, they win win one game, and all of a sudden it's all oh, we're premier <laughs> premiership favourites. Bunch of muppets. Anyway, um, so I had a chat to you during the week, mate, and I decided that we should, um, being the fact that we are chatting international clubs and. There is a little bit of footy now going on around the world. We should you know, have a bit of a chat about uh, the footy that's going on around the world, mate. So there's footy getting played on Ireland. Yeah, mate. Um, so one of our former guests we had from the uh, Leaside Lions, uh, they've, they've managed to play, play some games over the weekend and they, played, they had a good win against the Galway Magpies. Um, so... 14, 12, 97, and 3, 6, 24 was the final scores. Um, yeah, it's pretty decent that they've been able to get back and play some footy, mate. And, and some of the the guys that play for Leeside might actually play for UCC, who we're going to be speaking to next as uh, they play at different times of the year, being a university team uh, in UCC. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, mate, that they've managed the other season going up and going. So I know that that's round two. Galway played um, round one, and I'm not going to go any further because the result wasn't the greatest. But we are do have plans to get Galway on, actually, once we get back to recording. Um, our good friends, the Ryland Lions, mate, they had a, a friendly hit out against the Belfast Redbacks over the weekend. Um, the men's team took it out 112 to 33. And I tell you what, mate, it's when you jump on Instagram, you start looking through stories and you're seeing... 
footy getting played around the world, it, it makes you miss it even more, Danny. Oh, yeah, bloody, bloody oath it does. And uh, we've had to settle for Zoom calls with the boys just to just to have a bit of banter and hang shit on each other because we can't do it at the footy club. So. How many balls, how many uh, packs of news are going to eat tonight, Rifty? Mate, I struggle with just eat one packet, let alone. Four. Four. Jeez. But, um, there's a... Uh, Big news coming out of uh, Holland or the Netherlands though last week, mate. They're getting a, they're getting a season. So remember how we we sat there and I went on a few rants a few times. You edited out about me going crappy on about be thankful. We got a nine game season. Be thankful. Just get get on with it. IFL Netherlands, mate. They've got a three week season. They're wrapped for it. Yeah. Like how good's that? I do think they're going to play more than three games because from the looks of it, it's going to be like a round robin at each time, but. Now, round one, they're going to be playing at Delft. Round two at Waterland. And round three at Amsterdam. So, we're going to get a bit of a round-robin competition there. But, mate, how good is that? Our friends from Delft and Waterland getting some footy in. Yeah, mate. It'll be, uh, it'll be fantastic. And, mate, I wish we were getting a three-round round-robin season at this stage. It'd be, mate, we'd take anything. Yeah, it would be bloody nice. But, yeah, so the grand final for these guys on the 19th of September, mate. Um, prelims on the 5th of September. So, we're keeping a close eye on that. And... See so about you know our beloved uh, Waterland or Delft. You, know, you can knock off the powerhouse that is Amsterdam for Premiership. Yeah, mate. If uh, shit, if Waterland take it out, we won't be able to get Tyson and Yazon for a few weeks after that because if Delft if Delft take it out, I reckon we're a chance. Yeah, yeah Delft. I reckon we're a good chance. You know, the, what, what we had their episodes, I think, out next week or the week after, and I think during the interview we come to the conclusion that they're, they're the dads of AFL Netherlands. You know, they're not quite in the hustle and bustle of the party scene. They're, they're the, older, the older heads. and The older heads, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but I'll tell you what, Yaz would be loving if he, he took out a, took that out, especially beating Amsterdam. Cause he, oh, my, my money would be on Yaz to take home the, uh, whatever the Netherlands equivalent of the Norm Smith medal is. Yeah. Oh. For off the ground, shenanigans, that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But anyway, mate, you mentioned... Uh, Ireland and UCC. So who are we chatting to today, mate? And before I, you dig into it, it's a bit of a different, a different one to compare to normal this time. Yeah, so we're speaking to Caroline and... Connor. 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 <laughs> get me mid, get me <laughs> some of me beer, mate. Jesus. Caroline and Connor from uh, UCC Bombers. And so UCC Bombers... Crusaders men. as well. Bombers and Crusaders, is it? Oh, I can't remember. But Men's and the women's are too... University team, mate. So they're a bit different to the other teams. They play during uh, Ireland's winter months. And so they're playing, you know, through their schooling time as a, you know, being university. And so, so, like we mentioned, some of the guys and girls play for other teams during the summer months or they play rugby or whatever. And then they play for the UCC team. And yeah. One of our good friends, uh, I don't know if it comes up in the interview, but one of our good friends uh, actually helped set up the UCC Bombers. I don't know if it came up or not. Yeah, Owen from um, Leeside helps, helps set them up, help get them going and um, being a teacher himself. And yeah, it's, uh, it's good way they all sort of help each other out and make sure there's more teams to play and things like that. And yeah, it's great to see that universities are embracing the game over there too and actually having it. Yeah, not quite as serious as the GAA as we found out, but at least it's uh, you know it gives them a bit more of an option to play a bit more social game and have a bit of fun, learn a new game as well. 
but it is pretty cool to say that um, universities in like that part of Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and England that are really embraced Aussie rules and playing it as a competitive sport. And as Connor said, kind of got into it because he sort of has seen something different and has ever since and loves the game. And you know, we're hoping that you know, from what our chats with Carolyn, she's a bit of a bit of a player and has uh, some aspirations of making it to the big time down here. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's captain of the side, and uh, um, I think she was looking at playing in the international cup for a moment. pretty sure yeah and she i think yeah. i think one of her ambitions was to get to uh the afrw but what we did learn mate was these two especially kind of well these two are both just a lot smarter than we are oh, it's not hard, when man. we asked when, when we asked what subject they do them just saying what they've done mate confused the fuck out of me i'm like you know you do what now <laughs> yeah yeah we are uh, chemistry or some shit oh who knows Mate, I think Connor said he was doing something, decided it wasn't hard enough for him, so he switches. Oh, that's else. right. So yeah. It's a bit harder. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and here I am trying to work out what two plus two equals. Yeah. <laughs> but let's get into it. UCC Bombers, um, Caroline and Connor, enjoy this one, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Today we are joined by. Two guests all the way from Ireland. They uh, played for the uh, university team in Cork, Ireland. Uh, we have Caroline Condon and Connor Beasley joining us. Uh, welcome to the CobraCast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for us. having us. Yeah. No, it's our pleasure. And uh, we're keen to learn a bit about the university league and, and competition you guys play in and your clubs. Um, We've sort of heard a little bit after speaking to Lee's side. That, um, but the first question I want to know is, what do you guys do for grand final day? Um, generally, uh, we haven't even met up as a club yet by the time uh, grand final comes along. So, um, to be honest, we do absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, oh, that's a bit of a shame, but... What we'll have to do is you can watch all the, the episodes we've recorded and get all the ideas of all the other clubs that have got these big grand final days. And, and I'm sure you'll be able to put something together. It might be a, a big pre-season thing you can work out before. Yeah, the it might be a, a good way to start the season and uh, get new guys involved and uh, a bit of socialising too never never hurts. Yeah, well, um, it's funny, funny enough, a lot of clubs have told us that the way a lot of guys have come across football is they've actually gone to a pub and the grand final's been playing and they've seen the footy and watched it and then they've ended up playing, you know, in some obscure part of the world that uh, they would never have thought they'd uh, have Aussie rules. So it's a good way to recruit players and uh, get people involved in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was going to walk off that far, sorry. <laughs> all right you good now mate you good yeah mate it sounds amazing what they do over there it's uh, fantastic so keep yeah, it up well, and um you, you should come next year yeah yeah well uh I'll, <laughs> if i was young enough to go back to uni i'd definitely be coming over for a grand final day party uh, can you sure. just time stamp that for me rifty so when i listen back to this at work you can just tell me to skip past yeah, so i need to hear it again hey, you didn't have to leave that far jeez well yeah I'm getting sick of it, mate. It's been just ongoing. I think last episode, it was like fourth question. Now you're off the top. Like, yeah. I got rid of that question off the run sheet for a reason. 
Oh, mate. Well, let's get back on track. Yeah, about bloody time. Uh, so I'm sorry, 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 sorry. My apologies to you two for that. It was um, very uncalled for and very unprofessional. But yeah, mate, sometimes, you know, they say don't work with animals, kids, or Ricky Logan. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let's get back on track. Um, first question I, I, I ask everyone that's from overseas that's playing our little Aussie game is how, how did you come across Aussie rules in the first place? Um, I'll start off, sure. Um, well, like being from Ireland, um, I suppose my first ever experience of Aussie rules would have been um, the, um, do you know the game Ireland versus England play every year, the compromise rules? Uh, and there used to be fighting and pucking and everything. I remember tuning into that and that was a great spectacle because uh, fellas playing for smaller counties that wouldn't have a chance to be seen in the domestic uh, Gaelic football game had a great opportunity to uh, play internationally. And uh, you also got to cheer for guys you were normally used to cheering against. And uh, another thing, my another early memory I have of Aussie rules would have been uh, Ty Kennelly is from the same town as me. And uh, when he won the premiership with the Sydney Swans, I think was it 2005 or yeah, four five, or around? But five, 2005. Yeah, around that, yeah. So that was kind of big news around where I'm from. So. And how about that you, Caroline? Um, for me, when I went to school, a teacher of mine, um, he played with the side lines and he was fairly high up in them. Um, King Quigley is his name. So he was a huge influence like for me to get to know about AFL and stuff. So like playing GAA, I always loved GAA, but there wasn't like enough intensity for me. So I saw AFL as a perfect way to pick up intensity and stuff. So just wanted to hit people. That's good. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we love. Um, so, have you had, uh, coming from GAA, how, how have you found it going to the Aussie game and, and adapting to that type of ball and things like that? Um, the first time, uh, my first game, you're always in the GAA mindset and like you just have to get rid of it because you'll just get clattered straight away. Um, so, like with GAA, you kind of try and hang on to the ball as much as you can, but... Um, we just had to kind of adapt to a different game. And um, of course, like hitting the ball is completely different shape and everything. So there was a few, plenty behinds anyway, until you get used to it. Yeah, what about you, Connor? Do you have a GA background or are you more of a, um, what's that other crazy game you play, hurling? Hurling. Uh, no, I had played a GA growing up Gaelic football and uh, rugby too. So I found... Uh, AFL was like a perfect mixture of the two. So you got the, the physicality of rugby and maybe the ball handling and kicking skills of uh, AFL. And I was walking around college the first week, kind of wondering what I was going to do. Um, I wanted to maybe play rugby, maybe play a bit of GA, but then I saw AFL and I threw my name down and got an email and I went training the first week and I've been there ever since. So uh, I've, I've been there four years now. So uh, great. And I find... Um, like AFL and GA Gaelic football are so similar in terms of their skill set as as seen with um so many Irishmen going over to Australia and playing professionally and uh really having an impact there. Yeah, awesome. It's um 
something that we've noticed a lot of the, the Irish guys that come over here and, and end up being quite successful, uh, they, they all seem to play a similar role in that sort of halfback, uh, running, running halfback, you know, is that um, just indicative of what kind of players that come out of Ireland, those sort of quick pacey halfbackers that, uh, that love attacking the ball and, and running and carrying with it? Yeah, that would be a, a massive part of uh, Gaelic football would be carrying the ball in your own hand and bringing it up the field. And um, maybe the one, the hardest thing people find, I found anyway, was learning how to kick an AFL ball uh, as opposed to kicking a round ball that we'd be so used to. It's a completely different technique. It's uh, completely different. So maybe we haven't seen guys move further up the field as attackers because that's where your kicking and accuracy um, come in, comes into it a lot more. Do I need to say anything, Rifty, or do you just want to say it for me? He's a full forward, so he's going to say, yeah, it's, you know, it's the hardest position to play and not everyone can cut it as a forward. But, mate, I've, there's been some Irish boys that have gone and played forward and, you know, uh, Satanto helped him. He did all right up forward. He just was a little... He had a good kick on him. Lost his, lost his call a little bit and didn't, you know. Trees from Cork, so what do you expect? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. When you were mentioning about Ty Canale, I'm like, I could have sworn with somebody that he was from the same town. Then I clicked, like, oh, yeah, Lee's side lines the other week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just went completely blank. I'm like, where have I heard someone say they were from the same town? That's why. But um, so you guys are a university team. So it's a bit different to what we normally interview, and I'm actually quite looking forward to it. So when did the university first get an, an Aussie rules team? Um, so the team was founded in 2013 by a guy called Danny O'Brien, who had returned from Australia and uh, started playing the game in Australia. So he joined the, the local club side, the Leaside Lions, um, but he happened to be enrolled in UCC at the same time. So um, himself and two other guys from the Leaside Lions decided to try and make an Aussie rules team in the club or in the university. And their first training had... Uh, the three boys and two of their buddies, so there was five in total, and they had just one old burly ball to kick around, um, and that's really where it started off. Um, so we were kind of we were the first ever university team in Ireland as well, and maybe about the fourth in Europe. So the other two teams who've been playing for about a hundred years is Oxford and Cambridge, but that would have been primarily driven by Australians themselves who happened to be going to the university. Whereas I think where we're unique in a way is that we have been founded by Irishmen, coached by Irishmen, and the overwhelming majority of players have been Irish as well. We actually haven't had an Australian play for us. That's kind of, I think, one of our unique, uh, uh, one very unique thing about our club. I'll tell you what, I feel sorry for the first Australian trying to get a game because I'd be told, nah, piss off, you're not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it's uh, not like that, it's, it's just... I got you, man, but it's, it's, something, it's something that you should um, you'd hang your cap on because a lot of clubs we speak to around the world have got you know, a 50-50 split. So yeah. not, to not have an Australian at all is impressive. Um, how about you, Carolyn? When did the, they get a women's team going? So our women's team only started in 2017. Uh, two of the men's players were actually um, looking at the international teams, the women's teams, and saw that they had younger players than the Irish teams. So they kind of looked into it and they were like, why not start a women's team in UCC? And 
get the men's and women's team to kind of join together and like support each other. So um, two lads just stayed on after their own training, got a few of the girls around to start playing. And a girl called Sarah O'Donovan really drove the club to promote the club, get players and stuff. And then Marie Keating came around Christmas time and she'd be considered one of the best AFL players that Ireland has produced. And um, she took over the club. So it was no doubt that they won their first InterVarsities competition then in 2017. Um, and it's been going ever since, growing ever since. So it's a bit of um, to teach myself and Rifty a lesson here. University, what's the university age in um, Ireland? Roughly um, 18, maybe like you might be 17, um, but roughly 18 to 23. That's about it. That's uh, the age of our team. Right, so quite quite young, which is good. Do, do either of you play in a, in the other comps when you're not playing in the university team? Um, personally, no, because I've played a couple of games for the club teams, um, but unfortunately, I live about two hours away from the university, so uh, it just doesn't suit. It's too much travelling for me to. Um, kind of play regularly when we're not playing in college, but we play a, a huge amount of ball in the university. So um, not yet, but when I kind of move on, uh, when I'm not living in, at home and stuff, I definitely plan on playing with the club teams. Um, uh, there's a club team, Cork Vikings as well, which I would play with. And we have um, the women's premiership would be our main competition held in August. And we had five other club teams which is huge um, for us anyway, um, playing. And last year we were runners up. So this year, unfortunately, I'd say it'll be postponed again, but there's always next year. Yeah, hopefully uh, you're able to get, get some games at some point this year or, you know, next year. And um, yeah. after speaking with Lee Side Lions, he said that they got a few guys that uh, play games against the university teams and, and or, or with um, sort of, during the, you know, sort of some pre-season type things and stuff like that. Do you guys uh, partake in many uh, tournaments outside of the university structure? Um, yeah, we, so we have um, three teams based in Cork, basically. We have the club team, which is the Leaside Lions, um, UCC, which is us, and there's also another university team, uh, Cork Institute of Technology. So um, we played what's called the Leaside League. So that's three teams and we basically play each other about six times. Um, it'd be, we run it off kind of, you might play two games um, for a Wednesday night every second week. So we try and get as much game time under our belt because one big problem we have is at the start of each year, um, we might have lost half our players from the year before. So then it's trying to teach a whole bunch of new players the game from scratch. So we, we find getting game time is the best way to learn. So at the start of the year, generally, we mightn't be that good. Uh, but towards the end of the year, when everyone's kind of gotten used to the game, um, we definitely come up a level or two. And uh, we've been very successful. Yeah, um, we're kind of the same as the men's. Uh, we saw that they were getting these practice games and we basically had a brand new team this year. So... Um, before our intervarsities in Oxford, we wanted to get a bit of practice in. So um, 
the first ever Women's Cork Cup was played in an iconic venue, which is home to Munster Rugby. And it was just such an honour to be like a part of the first ever cup, uh, which we played against Cork Vikings and um, we won overall. Um, so it was great to head into our season with um, a few practice games behind. So with your season, like what time of the year does it run? So it runs um, basically in line with the university um, semesters. So we start generally in early October and we and then we'd finish up around March. We just uh, so it doesn't run in towards exams. And um, basically the big competition of the year for us is the Fitzpatrick Cup, which is um, the uh, European intervarsity. So you could have teams from Denmark, England, Ireland, uh, Wales, all coming together to play. And uh, uh, we've had great success in that competition. And another competition we play is uh, what's called the... Um, Leprechaun oh, Cup, was it? No, the name escapes me. Uh, the Lee Side... What's it? No. Oh. One second, I... Neither, Nick. Um... Uh, It'll come to me again. Uh, move on. Just <laughs> I so, what, <laughs> uh, so what did you say that you played in? So you played in the Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick Cup. So that's uh, hosted by AFL Europe and it moves from college to college every year. Um, and that's been played. The first time it was played was in 2013, which is when we were founded. And uh, so there had already been an, a university set up in England and we were the first Irish team to be formed. So we came together and played in Dublin in 2013 and uh, UCC were the first victors and uh, then the competition was moved to Birmingham for two years and Birmingham won in those two years. Then we hosted it for another two years and we uh, were successful on both occasions. Uh, unfortunately, last year it was due to be held in Oxford and we had all travelled over, and on the morning, at 8 in the morning, just before we were supposed to kick off, it had been cancelled because of snow. So we had all travelled over and put in all the effort and, and trained hard all year, but unfortunately it didn't get played. But this year, 2020, it was one of the, probably one of the only competitions that got off the ground just before uh, coronavirus kind of kicked in. So that was played in Oxford this year, and we were the first team to travel abroad and win the competition. So we've had a uh, great success as a, as a team. It's a great effort. So, uh, Carolyn, um, the women's team, they've uh, been quite successful at that as well. For that tournament. Yeah, in the Fitzpatrick Cup, um, they won 2017, 2018. Um, it was cancelled 2019. And this year, um, to be honest, we dominated on the day and we were just so unlucky to lose by one point in the final minute, final second even. But um, I couldn't be prouder of the girls on the day. Brand new team, like most of them had their first game a couple of weeks. Um, so it'll just drive us forward in the future. Uh, before you set me up for the question, Riftik, I know what you're going to ask me. Yeah, is this right, mate? Uh, when they won it in their second year, they won it seven, 77 to zero. So that leads into uh, the question. So set me up for it, Mike. All right. So we've had a, um, 
a debate a, going a violent, on. A violent debate. A violent <laughs> debate. And because you mentioned a heartbreaking loss of one point, that's it sparks this question. Uh, this debate's been going on for over a year with our uh, the guys in our Snapchat group. Is would you rather lose by one point or a hundred points? Oh, it is a t- like it's the one point is such a killer because you're like, what if this? If you got a touch to it, even like, do you know what I mean? Um, no, I think I'd rather lose by a hundred points. To be honest. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> How about you, Connor? First, personally, uh, one point all day it means you're like in the game all the way to the end, and there's always next year. That's sort of yeah. Of actually, I changed my answer. That ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you, you've just become hundred points. You don't really have a hope next we, year. Yeah, yeah, we'd be doing yeah. something wrong if we were losing by hundred <laughs> points. Yeah. The reason why that question, um, I. I, as soon as you said one point, I've looked at Rifty and Rifty's looked at me and we're like, it's, it's going to get us. Because most people, it's, you know, we lost by seven points, we lost by eight points. So to actually have someone that's actually lost by that solitary point, yeah. it, I reckon it, would, it could change your mind because seven points, eight points, you're like, okay, there's 10 things that could have gone different in the last two minutes to change the game. At one point, it could literally be that last the one point within a minute, that last It was kick. the last kick of the ball. That was it. Yeah, then so, they, they blew it up like so. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that would change people's minds, but yeah, you've you've changed your mind to the right answer. Yeah, um, and not so I, I, I feel your pain. I lost the grand final last year by three points. Uh, it wasn't the last kick of the game, but it was the last score of the game was in the third quarter. That's how uh, it was. Oh. We we played in we now. played in. Uh, one of the worst storms we had all year. So it was absolutely bucketing down rain. The ground was like playing in a pond. And yeah, for three quarters, there was hardly any scores. And this guy got a toe to it just before the goal line to kick a goal to put them up by three points. And uh, we couldn't, they then held us scores back. for the rest of the game. So it's heartbreaking, but I'd much rather have a tight loss and know that I was in the game at, at some point and go down fighting then lose by a hundred and know that I you know, never had a chance basically. Yeah. We fought till the end anyway. That's for yeah. sure. And with you, yeah, a bit of just a little bit of backstory in that one, Rift, how to just to explain to how bad a day it was that game. I live what? 30 second drive from the ground, that ground. Yeah. I wasn't venturing out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally live. I think I ran there this morning. My run, it took me maybe five minutes to run there. So yeah, 30 seconds drive. And I've looked out my window and gone, I ain't going out in that shit. Not today. <laughs> so you just, I probably, probably talk, preaching to the wrong people here, though, Rift. Let's be honest here, mate. Uh, yeah, well, the yeah, fact that say, uh, the game We'd have some conditions snow. that, uh, <laughs> that's uh, what we'd be used to. <laughs> here I am looking at the window going, eh, a bit cold and wet, no A little thing. windy. <laughs> yes. See, it's funny. Um, like we do get, you know, some pretty poor weather during our seasons. Uh, but for some reason last year, I don't think we played in the rain. I think maybe one game all year we played in the actual rain. And it was one of the rare times where we, you know, it had rained the night before. So we thought, oh, it's going to be raining tomorrow. We're going to be stuck playing in the rain. And then it just wouldn't rain. The next day would be fine. And so... Two, two games, yeah. right? Two games, two games that we played in the rain, for, for, and which is unheard of for us. It is a winter sport. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it just happened to be the worst storm of the year. 
on the, the one disadvantage of it being a winter sport for us is um, like we get hard frost and snow and ice and sometimes we'd have to cancel training sessions and also we, we get we could get two weeks of rain and the pitch is unplayable so it does hinder our training and uh, gameplay uh, throughout the season. Yeah I actually got that jotted down to bring up at some point so every club that we've spoken to in Europe play in the summer months and obviously due to the fact that um you guys run off your university calendar. Yeah. Excuse me. I find that quite, um, you know, how hard is it to play like in them conditions? Uh, see, we'd be so used to it anyway with like football and rugby growing up that it really like, we wouldn't bat an eyelid to it, you know? Um, I suppose the one thing, the ball can get a bit greasy and uh, it obviously adds a, but we'd be so used to it, it probably, we don't really notice it. Um, the only um, no, I'd say it doesn't really affect us. The The one thing about how the season falls is a lot of our players also play with the club side, the lee side lines. And uh, with ours being primarily played in the winter and their season primarily played in the summer, it means that guys are playing football all year round. Uh, so it's kind of, it's great in a sense. And the start of our season corresponds with the end of their season. So we play... The competition I forgot earlier was called the Rebel Shield. So that gets played. It's a two-leg competition every year. And it's played in the iconic sports uh, Gaelic football ground called the Mardike. It's where uh, UCC, it's kind of where UCC rugby, UCC football, but there's been massive games that are generally played there. And we play a two-leg um, competition, two-leg final, um, us versus the club. And basically... It's played at the start of the year, or close enough to the start of the year, and it's the very last game of the season generally as well. So we find that because we're training guys in and they're getting used to the game, that we generally get beaten in the first game. But come the end of the season, when everyone's got a, a year under their belt and have learned all the rules, that we really p- pick it up a gear or two, and by the end we uh, generally win. They're, also, they're always tight games. They might have a 30-point lead coming into the second game and we might only win by or we might win by 28 or something and it ends up being a very tight affair overall but uh um it's it's kind of a, a great way for fellas to play football kind of all year round here well that's that sounds like me mate football all year none of this rubbish cricket in the summer or you know these other stupid sports just Aussie rules <laughs> all year that sounds ideal to me can you imagine yeah. you can you imagine you misses though mate well, she already told me I can't play for my second team this year, so I, I actually. Oh, play really? For, it's yeah, uh, yeah. first time. I have spoken to you probably every single day for the last six months. It's the first time hearing of this. Keeping it quiet. Yeah, right. yeah well, you know, I, it was hard on the old body. I'm not getting any younger, so I was playing for two teams last year. I, I'd play one game on a Saturday, and then have to play every second Sunday as well, and and. And we're playing uh, full, full ground Aussie rules pitches with uh, you know t- full twenty minute quarters. So it's, uh, it gets tough on the old body. I'm I'm thirty six. So come to think of it, you You're probably as did. As you feel. Yeah. <laughs> come to think of it, you probably did tell me that. I probably just had too many beers in me when you told me. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing is we m- most of our games uh, competitively as a university are nine aside games on a rugby field. So. Yeah. Uh, I've only ever, personally, I've only ever played one game, uh, full pitch, eighteen aside. That's the I've only ever played that once, and then 
We also played 14 aside games on a Gaelic football pitch, which is a little bit smaller than a, an oval. But um, so we kind of never, there is no 18 aside kind of game in Ireland at the moment. Yeah, um, most of Europe pretty much plays uh, nine aside, which, you know, yeah. with the, the fact that they can't, can't get ovals over there that big enough to, to play. Aussie they don't exist yet. Yeah. Um, and it's something, uh, you know, for us over here, 18 aside, that's just all we play. And this nine aside game is kind of new to us and we're, it's uh, intriguing to learn about and we're keen to actually see some of these games. And But if you're ever over in Australia, once you're finished up with your uni and want to play some real 18 aside, Edinburgh yeah. Reserve's always open for a, for blokes to come <laughs> have a kick. So you're welcome to it's come definitely join one, the conference. I want, something I want to kick off the bucket list is go to Australia and live there for a while. And I think Aussie Rules has had a, a great influence on that. Yeah, so just going to do a bit of a detail around for footy. So what are you guys studying at uni? Uh, we're both actually in the same course. We're both doing um, civil engineering. Yep, all right. You've, all right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> She's not going to bother asking any more questions because we won't have a clue what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, sounds, it sounds like you need to be smart. <laughs> civil, civil engineering. So what's the career path for that? Who knows? Building this roads, and, roads and bridges and uh, making oh. sure buildings stay up. Definitely, We definitely plan. need some help with that over here then because we got this bloody tunnel that they're supposed to be building the Westgate Tunnel, and it's an absolute debacle. So maybe oh, yeah. once you, you, you finish your course, you'll be able to come over here. And we'll sort that out for you, all right? Yeah. yeah. Then you've got that, what is that, Northwest Link that just never happened. Oh, and mate. It's, we're ashamed was over here. Absolute debacle, what's going on over there. Quick little, uh, you cut this out, Rift, I'm thinking about it. Thinking about it. Um, we talk about how much of a shame was we are over here and we can't even build a bloody simple tunnel. When I went to Hong Kong, the first thing I was saying was a tunnel that literally just went through a massive mountain, just put it cut through the middle of it. And I'm just like, that would take 25, 30 years for us to build in Melbourne. And then it would probably still blow out four or five times the amount. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I digress. We need so, some better civil, yeah. civil engineers over here for sure. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you. Come play some Aussie rules and, and take, yeah. Sort us out with a job and no problem. Yeah, no problem. We'll be there. <laughs> um, so, how how long you got left at university before you finished up and and have to join the real world? Two more years, three more years, depending. Uh, in our course, you can do a five year integrated masters, or you can do four years. Um, so two or three years, depending on what choice you make. Uh, so, from the time that you start school. Back when you're a little, I don't know how, six or seven years old. So the time that you're going to oh, be finishing, four or five. Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do math. So, so the time that you'd be actually finishing your, your degree, how many years at school would you've spent? Eighteen, generally. Uh, I have a couple of more. I've a couple of more uh, years done. I, I I've switched courses. So I started off doing maths and physics, and uh, now I moved into civil engineering. Uh, just so, mass, mass and physics wasn't hard enough for you? Just so. <laughs> I know, it was a bit easy, really, so I kind of <laughs> wanted a challenge. It was child's play. Yeah. 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 yeah but you, Carolyn, um, is this your first course or you done, have you done? Yeah, you no, this is my first course now. It's too hard for you. It's too easy for you. <laughs> no, no, this is plenty hard for me anyway. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> you sit there and move on from maths because it was too hard. So in Australia, we're prep through to year seven, oh, through year seven, prep through to year 12. So year 12 is when you finish. I didn't get, I got I passed my year 11, but my year 11 maths, I'd failed in the first two weeks. So to uh, put that in perspective, I, I, I'm not very smart at maths. <laughs> and I don't know how yeah, you maths is something you either, you, people get or they struggle with, you know. So. The only maths I'm good at, I bet you Rifty is too, six times tables. Six times tables. No, I'm not even great at that. To be hey, can you not be good at six times six tables? Six four. At 24. 24, yeah. Oh, but, you know, I'm not, very you know, quick. Do you know how I know that, though, Rifty? Go check. I have any points I've scored for the team with my goals, man. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> just, again, just another way to mention how he kicks goals and how he can. He looks at, the, looks at the scoreboard and goes, all right, I've got to kick four <laughs> goals to get us back in front here. He knows straight away. But uh, come on, mate. Let's pull it together. We want to learn about them, not not how many goals you kick. Found out about them. Actually, speaking about how many goals, what position do you guys play? I uh, generally play full back. Um, I play in goals in Gaelic football. So uh, there isn't a goalkeeper in AFL. So I kind of just stayed near the back, just making sure the full forward doesn't score is kind of what I enjoy. Um, I'd be quite tall and uh, kind of aggressive, so I'm the rook man or rook woman. So <laughs> that's my position, really. Uh-huh. How does um, being a keeper or goalie, whatever you want to call it, in um, GAA translate to playing the actual game of Aussie rules? I think uh, being able to read the ball coming out of the sky uh, is a massive advantage because some... So a lot of the guys who've actually play UCC or play AFL around uh, Cork are Gaelic football goalkeepers that, for whatever reason, um, just being able to read the ball, um, having a good pair of hands, like it always helps. Um, so I think definitely, and may, be, may be able to work under pressure and make kind of quick decisions, which you kind of have to do as a goalkeeper. Is it that... Um that freedom you get that you're not stuck just standing in front of yeah. the goals. You get to take a yeah, mark and actually run off and do yeah. a bit with it. And, yeah. As a fullback, especially in nine side, there's a huge amount of space. You also have to kind of worry about a ball going over everyone's head. So you're kind of still covering the, the goals in a way. So um, I suppose it translates pretty well. All right. Um, so Carolyn, so you play in the rock. Do you ever venture forward at all and kick goals? Um, I would, yeah. Um, sometimes I get lucky and it goes between the, the six, but most of the time now it would probably be behind the spot. I, I uh, still try. Uh, uh, that's actually what I'm going to get to because in GAA, it's um, goals, uh, overs and unders. There's none of this. If you kick it on, like if you, you miss kick the goals, wide, it's worth nothing. Is that correct? Yeah. How is that? How is it the fact that if you miss it, you still actually get a point for it. Because over here, it's obviously just how it is. But obviously over yeah. there, you miss it in GAA, it's literally out of bounds, zero score. But you know, the fact you go, you know yeah. that you can... And in GAA, it's three for an over. and oh, Sorry, three for an under and one for an over? Yeah. yeah, correct. Yeah. So how does it feel the fact that you miss it, but you still get the same amount of points as you would in GAA if it went over? <laughs> like, it's better than nothing still, you know. <laughs> But you'd rather kick it between the posts, really. That's the you would, yeah. That's the main. Aim. I've actually, I've, ne- I've never kicked a wide in my life, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
Um, so while we're on sort of um, university, obviously I'm going to guess the university has got a um, Gaelic football team. Do you guys yeah. get a little bit looked at a bit strangely, the fact that you've gone Aussie rules and not gone that standard pathway that most people would have gone? Um, not really, because uh, like Gaelic football in university level in Ireland is very, very high. Like they're, it's like as, as athletes go, they're probably, um, it's probably the highest level of sport you can play in college is Gaelic football. So um, realistically, like if you're not up, like I wouldn't be good enough standard to play Gaelic football for UCC, but I would be good enough to play AFL. And a lot of fellas... AFL is something different, and um, I think that's why a lot of fellas join it. It's something different. When you go to college, you always, you always want to have a, a new experience. What's great about our team is, like, if you were playing, we'll say, high-level rugby or high-level Gaelic football or any sport, you'd be kind of expected to train four nights a week, have a good diet, not be socializing, going on the beer, uh, you know, stuff like that. Whereas on our team, it's basically we train once a week, and then we have the crack for the rest of the week and you can take trading as seriously as you want. So it's a great way to make friends and socialize. So, um, See, no, it's, it's, I can it's, understand why you play all your rules. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right up my alley. But as soon <laughs> yeah, as you said, think... take it serious and train four times a week, it dog's like, Oh, you lost me. I'm no, no. Take it serious. You still had me. And then as soon as you said train, it was like, no, nah, I'm done. <laughs> and then you ended up four days a week in there. It was like, yeah, right. Okay, that's a lot of beer drinking time you're cutting into there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, I suppose um, as well, like we, with uh, the kind of the way the club is set up, if fellas want to take it really seriously and work hard, they can. And there's the Irish team, the national team, they can like strive to, to play for. Um, whereas if lads want to just come, train once a week, have a bit of crack, meet new people, it's kind of. It's it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's kind of the club has, if whatever you're looking for, the club really has. So, uh, and I think it's really enhanced. Uh, it's it's definitely enhanced my university experience, and I presume, it, I I would say everyone else in the club, it's definitely uh, enhanced their life uh, in UCC. Yeah, definitely. It's a, just a great way to meet new people, and it's just not too serious, you know, like the football and camogie or hurling clubs in UCC would just be like they'd be pretty serious and the drinking bands and stuff so AFL is the way to go I think yeah it's uh wait did you just say drinking bands yeah yeah like they'd be um recommended to not be drinking before an important match so well and if you were caught drinking you'd be dropped oh yeah off the team yeah I don't recommend they get fucked (laughs) (laughs) And that's still a sport that's not considered professional, isn't it? So GA is not a pro sport. They're not getting paid to play it. So it's to have such no. a, a serious level of uh, um, commitment to that and you're still not getting paid to play it. Well, we, we have Aussie Rules teams here in our league where players are getting paid decent money as the, you know, to, to play Aussie Rules. They're not professional by any means. And they don't take it that seriously. Like they, yeah, drink it best, um, but they get paid good money to play. And yeah, I couldn't imagine many Aussies taking anything serious if they uh, weren't getting uh, paid to play it. Yeah, GA, GA like 
is kind of behind it that way. Like they're basically professional players. They live a professional sports lifestyle, but they just don't get paid. And that's it. There's, that's just how it, it is. But that's kind of the foundations of the GAA is on amateurism and that it's not about, you shouldn't be doing it for money. It's kind of doing it for the love of the game and doing it for your county and your parish. And uh, kind of that's kind of the beauty of the GAA. I don't think it'll ever professionalize. I don't think it would be good for the game um, because it's all about volunteering and giving your time and being part of something bigger. But um, look, maybe it's a little strict um, at the top level, but they also get time off after, you know, after you get knocked out of the competition, generally, like they go on a week or two of uh, having fun. So um, there's both sides to it. I'll tell you what, Riff. So when we spoke to um, Leaside Lions, we got a, very very extensive background into GAA and players coming across but even listen to kind of, I could literally sit here for hours on end and talk about like that side of stuff how it's an amateur sport and how different it is I just find it fascinating how the fact that their top level is still based on volunteers and that type of thing yet at in Victoria even probably the, the lowest level of football Aussie rules it's still about money yeah, it's something very admirable that um, that guys take that sport so seriously to play for their county and, and you know, uh, have that sort of patriotism for their counties and stuff that, uh, mate, I, as, as guys that have never been paid to play football, we play it because we love it and that's something we, we, we wish our leagues would, uh, you know, be able to adopt a model like that and that's something we uh, envy of the Irish leagues that they're able to have such... Man, I, I love watching the Gaelic game. I love watching the hurling and stuff and how exciting the game is at the top level. And it, to know that they're running around just because they love playing the game is, is crazy yeah. to me. So especially those hurling guys, they've got to be something wrong with them. That that sport is crazy. Yeah, I, I think it's the best sport in Earth, uh, hurling. I think if, if anyone has never seen it before, it's definitely something they should just look up. Just look up GAA hurling and... Uh, you can thank me later. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll second that. I, yeah. I was up late one night and um, couldn't sleep and I just chucked it on ESPN or something and there was a hurling championship game on, I think it was. It was, you know, probably four in the morning or something and I couldn't go to sleep after that. I was uh, enthralled <laughs> watching this final. It was unbelievable, but I thought these guys, they're, they're crazy. Like, it's a crazy game to me. I couldn't imagine playing it. Yeah, but it's something that's grown up with it. Like, it's part of, like, the one thing about GA is it's, like, intrinsic to Irish culture and it's kind of part of, like, part of the Irish lifestyle is playing GA for your club, for where you're from. People you've grown up with are kind of the, uh, it's kind of where you make the best memories, make the best friends. So, um, and it's part of our identity as Irish people is playing uh, Gaelic football. Yeah, that's... Uh, and hurling. And yeah. Um, have you either of you played hurling yourselves? Yeah, I don't actually have a football background. I have um, a camogie background, which is hurling. You crazy? So you're one of the mad ones. <laughs> okay, now I've seen a fair bit of it in my time, and yeah, it's a crazy game. How does like what age do you start playing it? First, like how old are you when you allowed to start playing that sport? When people like when people can start walking, they start like. All right. When, 
you can swing Sorry. a stick. There's you'll see you'll go to a GA pitch and you'll see like a baby with a stick that size, and that's just how uh, it's in your hand from when you can walk, basically. Yeah, uh, I forgot what I was going to ask because I'm just blown away. I was expecting like, <laughs> oh yeah, ten, eleven, not. Yeah. No, you learn, like a lot of it is learning the the basic skills of being able to hit the ball. They're obviously not having full contact. Yeah. Um, and it starts off as a hurl, uh, ground hurling. So if there's no picking the ball into your hand, so it's just getting getting used to this, getting hit, and uh, I suppose you just grow up with it and you get used to it. Yeah. All right, Riff. So. Being the second Irish club we've spoken to, the first one we spoke about the uh, Gaelic football side. I want to talk about this sport. Like, what positions are? I know we're an Aussie rules podcast, but let's just detour, mate. What positions do you guys have, and like, how did the actual game work? Um, it's fifteen aside anyway to start. Uh, the positions you'd have goalie three fullbacks in the fullback line, you'd have three in the halfback line, two um, midfields, and then three half forwards, three full forwards, and your goalkeeper is up. And they're kind of more set positions that you'd kind of, then like, there's no, like for hurling anyway, they're kind of more set. Uh, you kind of stay in your, your region a little bit more than AFL. So it's how AFL should be. <laughs> well, the sort of 6-6 six, six zone that they started bringing in, it, it was bringing aspects of that uh, zone type thing from like curling and stuff like that was what they were trying to do because they, they you know, coaches were bringing in this whole flooding and, and there's a lot of congestion. So they were looking at other sports and I'm, I'm sure hurling was one of the games they looked at and said, well, you know, they have this sort of zone set up where, you know, you, you stay to your, your backmen stay to their zones and stuff. And um, I don't know if it quite works for Aussie rules when it's, especially on our full grounds, if, if you're stuck staying in a certain zone the whole time and make it a bit harder. Yeah. Uh, One thing about you... hurling is they, like uh, a good intercounty hurler can hit the ball 100, 120 metres. So the ball can go from one end of the pitch to the other in, a, in an instant. So that's why... You, you don't kind of follow the ball. You can't. You you could be following the ball and it'd be going back over your head very quickly. So yeah, uh, yeah. that's one aspect to it. So you can always say it's a mix of sort of Aussie rules. I've heard that it explains daily football, uh, hockey, and murder. Hockey, yeah, yeah. Murder, hockey and murder, baseball. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, ho- hockey and killing each other. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not that bad. It's all the there's. There's rules to prevent it. <laughs> yeah. um, but have you guys adopted AFL teams to follow? Uh, what What do you mean? Uh, so do you follow any AFL teams yourselves, Aussie rules? So like... Uh, Personally, I wouldn't say I'm the, the biggest fan of the, the league in Australia. Now, there's many members of the club and they'd be kind of super fans of the game. Um, I suppose the one team I'd support is Sydney Swans because Ty Canelli played with them growing up. They were the there's a in the clubhouse and where I am there's a signed jersey. He um, he uh, a signed jersey by the whole team sitting in the clubhouse for our GA team at home. So um, and also a guy called Sean White um, from the same town as me played kind of earlier. It would have been the 80s. He'd have played 
Aussie AFL professionally? Yeah, I'd be um, a, a fan of um, Brisbane Lions. Um, there's a, a girl from Tipperary, she's a camogie and football uh, dual star, and she's over there at the moment. Like, we have a load of Irish girls signed over there at the moment, so um, it's nice to keep an eye on them, how they're doing over. Yeah, definitely. Have you uh, got any ambitions of trying to pursue AFLW at all? Um, well, there's always room to improve. We'll, we'll see. Like, I only actually only joined the club last year. Um, so, like, plenty of practice to do. You've done pretty well for within a year to become the captain of the team. Yeah. I've just glossed over that. You're the captain of the team. I've literally just, oh, yeah, you're the captain of the team. No, no. You are the captain of the team. That's a, a great achievement and be very proud of yourself. So how did you, you know, in a year within becoming into the team and then a year later being the captain, like you obviously have a fair bit of skill and leadership to be able to do that. Um, well, it all happened. I joined the committee and um, we were missing a girls captain. So I kind of just put myself forward. I was like, um, let's try something new, do this. And um, I've had a great year with the girls the past year and I'm voted in for a captain for the coming year. So um, it's just an honor to be captain of a great bunch of girls. Yeah, great job. But do you hear that, Rifty? She joined the committee, said they didn't have a captain, got it. As far as I'm aware, mate, we currently don't have a captain. We'll get co-captain to see you, mate. Not a retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> you were vice-captain last year. So I was on. deputy vice-captain, mate. I'll tell you right now, if I don't get that again this year, become vice-president, I'll be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so... Being that it has been a, diff, a bit different, like we usually dive into sort of, um, you know, all about the running of the club, but being a university club, we sort of don't really need to get in that sort of stuff. Um, you mentioned a little bit about it's a bit more social. Um, so what do you guys do to, to let your hair down and, and have a, you know, a night with, uh, or have a crack, as you would say? Have a fur crack. That crack. <laughs> so what's a good uh, social night with uh, the lads and the girls involved um, I suppose we'd start out with um, a few beers at one of the boys houses so we'd uh, maybe just one or two you know to get you going and uh, we might head to the pub for a bit and then uh, head towards a nightclub or something and then I suppose at two o'clock in the morning uh, maybe a kebab, and then uh, <laughs> stumble away home. home. Yeah. Did you just ex- did you just explain your perfect night out, yeah, dog, or what? <laughs> oh, I could have got three thirty four a cup kebab. <laughs> see, the, the nightclubs close at about half one here, so um, yeah. See, yeah. Uh, it works well, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, work it out on our time, yeah, about right. You're you're <laughs> falling asleep on the wall by half. Half one, as he would say, one thirty. We we say no, 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 no. Well, no, Joshy Herford, okay. So what about the girls? Same same sort of thing. Sorry, depends what time I start. Okay. (laughs) This guy's the first one to bed. Don't worry. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, with the girls, yeah, we we try and meet up with the boys, um, kind of, you know, keep the club together. Um, so we join the lads, uh, tag along. Um, but yeah, um, same same story really. All right, that's actually just triggered my memory. So with your guys training, um, do you, the guys train by themselves and the girls train by themselves? Do you guys try and train and do everything as, as one club? Um, so we have the, the pitch, we have um, a couple of hours at the pitch, so we just half the time and the girls would train first and then the boys would, we kind of, there's an overlap of like 15, 20 minutes or something. And then the boys have the full pitch again when we're gone. But um, no, we train separately. You can't have the boys get distracted, can we? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to get into, get you to throw some teammates under the bus and stuff. But uh, one of the questions I asked uh, the Leaside Lions is, I'm a massive fan of UFC. One of the biggest stars out of the UFC the last few years has come from over in Ireland in Conor McGregor. Uh, are you fans of his at all? I suppose at the start when he was successful and uh, he won the two belts, he became the double champ. I'd have been a, a big fan, but he's done a few things since that I, I'd say I, I've kind of lost. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a fan anymore. Um, but it definitely, things, yeah, a few questionable things. So I think as a person, he he's not that um, admirable, but as a fighter, he's been uh, exceptional. And I suppose one thing his success brought uh, was that a lot of, a lot of Irish people kind of got into UFC, and I would call myself a UFC fan now. And um, but I suppose thanks to him, but uh, I wouldn't be a, a personal fan of him now. No, that's that's good to hear. I'm not really a fan of his, but uh, I admire what he's been able to achieve. And um, I something that I admire of his is the support he gets from the Irish community when he does fight. And I know a lot of it is the Irish over in America that get right behind him. But it's something that um, you you can't help but be in awe of the support he gains when he does fight. It's it's seeing all the Irish flags in the crowd and things like that. It's uh, pretty uh, something crazy to see. Best fans in the world, they say. Yeah, yeah that's, that's um, But all right, it's time for Ed Dog's favourite questions. He wants you to throw some... Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to finish with a good question, mate. Not start with a bullshit one like you did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Um, how it works, we've got some situations or like little things we ask about and um, you just tell us a player at your club that suits us best and um, you might have to change up the first one to suit both both teams, mate, ladies, uh, man. And a, uh, well, what I'll do is I'll start with the second one and I'll try and think of another question for that one. All right. So what we'll do, I'll ask the question and we'll go Connor and Carolyn, so one from each uh, side of the club. Um, so... Who at the club would be the so so who the men's team then who the women's team would be the class clan or the joker? Uh, biggest joker, I would say, uh, Mark Kelleher. Very nice man. Um, for the girls, um, 
I'd have to say Mel, she's she's an Aussie who comes sometimes. She's a good joker on the team. Right. Right. Who's uh, the biggest party animal? Um, that's a tough one. No, there's a fella, a fella called Hoggy. Um, he enjoys his uh, nightlife, and he'd often come to training, and there'd be a, a smell of booze off him. But sure, that comes with the territory. So. <laughs> David Horgan would be his name. Nice. Um, I think for the girls, I think Rachel Murphy now would be a, a fan of the nights out. Uh, I've got me a question for the first one, Rift. Yeah. Worst fashion sense? On our team. See, we have, like, for some of our social nights out, we have a shit shirt night. So you have to wear, like, a shit shirt. So I think collectively our fashion sense is pretty shit. So I kind of have to give that as a collective award. Well, who, who's the one that doesn't abide by the shit shirt, shit shirt night and still rocks who up? Who actually and... wears a nice, a nice yeah. shirt to shit shirt night. Yeah. There's um, going to be someone that thinks they're above it. Do you know, everyone kind of buys into it, but I would say just kind of, a fellow who just kind of dresses like an old man would be uh, Connor Nagel. Um, he's kind of he's kind of like a forty-year-old man in a twenty-year-old man's body. So I would say him. Um, for the girls, um, like we have great fashion sense, so it's hard hard to pick one with a bad one. <laughs> um, I'd have to say Evelyn O'Keefe. I'm going to throw her on the bus now for that one. <laughs> All right. I think you can still go with your, your original first question. You just got to... No, no, I'm trying to change it up. I want to change it up a little bit. All right. All right. Um, what about the person that just takes the game far too seriously? Ooh. Uh, far too seriously. Um, Kieran O'Reilly, he kind of... He can be a bit annoying sometimes and... Ah, uh, like he's trains too hard, kind of always putting stuff into the group chat about him going to the gym and uh, he kind of thinks he's a bit above everyone, so I definitely say him. Um, I'd nearly say myself for that one. I, I kind of get into the, the game zone a bit too much at times. Kind of um, my emotions get a bit carried away. So do you uh, give the umpires abuse or just teammates as I well or? i try not to i try try to um not be mouthing off the ref now or anything but sometimes so, it happens so the teammates copping a spray if they don't uh you know give the handball quick enough and things like that yeah. <laughs> uh yeah sure i try and keep it not so serious all the time yeah uh, it comes to being a captain and you know you've got to give people sprays and not giving the handballs it's all about you know, it's all about you not about anybody else on the ground it's all about you yeah <laughs> But um, who's got the, who's got the best nickname? Um, our team is like full of nicknames. We kind of nearly everyone has a nickname, but I definitely have to say it's a uh, Harney Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, Carolyn. Before we get to you, I need a story. Uh, it's kind of like it's self-explanatory, really. So, um, <laughs> nah, uh, is he the one that's um, he sort of. 
gets a little too close to the girls' training and stuff. It doesn't quite. No, quite that's leave. Rory O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness, he founded the the women's team, so are you. <laughs> Did it for a reason. Ah, I was going to yeah. say, I was, I, I, oh, ulterior okay. motives going on. You got Rifty? There's the ladies' man question right there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the first question I normally ask is the ladies' man. But because we've got a men's team and a women's team, I didn't really, I wasn't too sure how to word it. But I don't think I need to ask that question. I think it's just who he just said. <laughs> yeah, Rory. Kind of Rory, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to try and work out how to word the last one, right? Uh, all right. Um, Just say it. <laughs> now, well, who, we, it's, uh, who's in the bromance? So for the men, who's got the biggest bromance going on? And for the girls, who's got the, you know... Bromance, I guess. Girl um, romance, I don't know. Two fellas that come to mind would be Alan Daly and Harry Hines. They're two men from Carlow, which would be kind of a small county in the middle of Ireland. And... They live together and they spend a lot of time together and uh, I think they look into each other's eyes pretty lovingly sometimes, so I'd, I definitely have to say them. Sounds like you and Nate. I was, I was, just, uh, I was actually thinking about, I really should just put a picture of Nate up here just to, when I ask this question, <laughs> just to be like, yeah, I know what these guys are talking about. <laughs> so what about the girls? Is there any love triangles or anything like that going on? <laughs> no, but um, I suppose... Diana and Fiona Hannon would be um, thick as thieves now. They'd be, you'd always have one and the other then. They, they're both nurses, so they're, they're fairly close. Lovely. All right. Yeah, so, so I just want to, <laughs> a bit of explanation about what I meant about having Nathan Bai up in front of me. So my best mate, who is classified as my hetero life partner. And friends. Um, I got married, I got married last year. And that was the first time he actually told my wife that she could then she could have me to, to himself. It was she, my wife was always the third wheel. It was me and Nathan, so that's you know, the bro, that's why this came up because I'm like you know bromance. Me and Nathan have got a massive bromance. I need to find out more bromances so I don't feel so so secluded in the world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It is. It, it really is. <laughs> um, but thanks heaps for joining us. We appreciate you taking that time every day, and it's been good to learn about. Uh, a club that is a little bit different, has different challenges, and uh, uh, you probably get to play a lot more footy than what a lot of the other clubs do around the um, Europe and stuff. And you know, hopefully, you guys uh, can graduate, finish your courses, and head over to Oz and play some footy over here at some point. And uh, Caroline, you good luck with uh, you know possibly getting to the AFLW and. Um, like I said, Connor, if you're ever over here, we'll have you down for a kick anytime. And hey, hey, we well, are we are working on a women's team, so we might thank be you. Able, we might be able <laughs> yeah. to accommodate Caroline as well. Hey, even if even have a women's team, mate, she's more than welcome to come down for a kick. I'd, you're not going to tell me you wouldn't like to see her show Dicko up. Well, man, she she's a ruckman. She'll probably <laughs> towel up bear trap as well. Oh. She probably jumps higher than him. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but we. To be fair, I do. <laughs> I don't know about that. Let's not go that ah, far. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Abe, for joining us. Sorry, don't mind us. We're, it's late for us. We're getting a little bit silly. Um, we appreciate you taking the time, Maddie, day to join us. And 
Uh, we wish you all the best for hopefully you get this season and, and if not this season, you get a season next year. And um, good luck with your civil engineering courses. Hope that all goes well and you gain good jobs and whatnot out of it. <laughs> thanks a million. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for having us on and letting our, uh, getting our story out to uh, Australia. Ah, not a problem at all. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks a million, lads. Stay safe. Yeah, you, you too. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.